and welcome to episode eight of Oversharing Wearing. I hope you guys are all doing okay. I have to laugh, to be honest, because I know this podcast is about me and talking about my anxiety and speaking my truth. But I was suddenly reminded of Chunk from the Goonies, not because of my expanding lockdown waistline, which is definitely a real thing, but because you know that scene when the Fratelli brothers kidnap Chunk and ask him to spill his guts and he goes into this long confession and starts saying stuff that he did that he shouldn't have and or things that got him into trouble like when he made the fake puke and went to the cinema and tipped it over the edge uh, onto seats below and everyone started puking (laughs) and it was like oh my god that's me I'm like bringing up all this stuff (laughs) okay that's a really good intro there but I just wanted to share that with you also best film ever the Goonies oh love it so let's talk about anxiety rather than my waistline (laughs) so when you are in the midst of a difficult period when anxiety takes centre stage it's really so hard to know where to turn to or to get answers there isn't there wasn't back then the understanding that there is now now conversations are happening every day about mental health and that's a really bloody good thing but I still think that there is a quite a long way to go firstly For me, it was hard to decipher what was happening in my mind. And I felt a real sense of shame of of not being able to process my thoughts and to kind of rationalise them and to think, well, you know, it's to or to reassure myself. I was constantly aware in the background of my mind, there was this nagging sense of anxiety. And to kind of combat that, I modified my behaviour to avoid feeling anxious at all costs. So I didn't look at the news. I'd, you know, go to bed early if I could. I tried to eat well. But, you know, I was still pretty much anxious all the time. And after I had my second child, with the lack of sleep and that comes with a new lovely baby and the constant feeding, I, I did feel more exposed by my thoughts than ever before. And in it, in those moments, it was hard to find comfort and a sense of calm. And unfortunately, when with my daughter, the birth was quite difficult and I had to have an epidural. And so when they put the numbing spray on, it actually caused a chemical burn, which only happens to 3% of uh, people. So I had to go back into hospital two days after she was born so that they could photograph it and kind of have like a medical record of what happened. But it meant I couldn't sit properly. It had to be like constantly looked at every day and um, change the bandaging. So that was, you know, hugely humiliating, especially what, you know, when you've, you've just had a new baby. But I think that also you, you kind of weather these things and for me in a way as bad as that situation was it was a physical thing it wasn't a mental thing and I could I could cope with it for me that 
that was a it was okay I think if it had been something more severe it would have had more of an impact and I think the way my mind worked has always worked stemmed from when I was a child and I'd had to be on I was always on edge and I had to kind of be aware of the people around me and their behavior I was very sensitive to that and after then after what happened at university it meant for me that I I have developed a fear of the unknown I having just had my daughter it was just the most amazing time and really blissful but after what I'd gone through with my first child which I talked about in the last episode I have to admit I was absolutely bloody terrified about having another one and also it was with somebody different so I was really worried about you know what that was going to be like you know would that not work out would I end up alone so I think that just exacerbated the anxiety massively and also I think that there is you know every time you have a child there's there's an extra sort of sense of obviously responsibility and I was you know very lucky I'm I'm not trying to kind of say in any way that, that I'm not I I was I'm very lucky to have had the children but I think I, with me I'm a pe- perfectionist and I think a lot of people that suffer with anxiety are you you sort of want to build up a life and have a certain exert as much control over every single aspect of your life and if I'm honest I didn't really trust my feelings at all because of being an anxious person so I was constantly trying to sort of monitor my behaviour and would shield away from anything that could disrupt that. But it was exhausting. It was absolutely bloody exhausting. And it got to the stage where I just thought, I need to turn this around. This anxiety is robbing me of peace. It's not fair on my children, even though they were too little to understand anyway. And it wasn't an outwardly, you wouldn't have known, to be honest. So I knew that I had to change the dialogue in my head, that I had to kind of look at things a new way. So my friend recommended CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. I was At that point, I was just so desperate to loosen the grip of the anxiety had over me. And for me, that felt like the right sort of therapy so that I could look at things a different way. And it was such a balm speaking to somebody about some of my more uncomfortable thoughts. And I kind of learned a really important thing at that time, that even if you are teetering on the edge, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to fall. And I was just kind of in this weird kind of bubble where I knew that I had to just find a way to disrupt the thoughts and the negative chatter that was going on in my mind. And for me, being an anxious person meant that my emotions were, and still are to a certain extent, always going to be heightened. I, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I was always in a state of flux when I was younger and always aware of, very, very aware of, you know, possible danger or something going wrong. And and you, it's not easy to live like that. It's draining. So the other thing I tried was yoga First of all, I was shit at it. Second of all, 
I just am about as flexible as a unflexible thing. I was just a bloody disaster. And one week, the uh, teacher asked me to demonstrate um, a position we'd done the week before. But I hadn't hadn't actually been there. I'd missed that one. And she was insistent that I'd, I had been there. And, uh, and she kind of just basically got quite nasty in the, in this group. And I know that's unheard of. And it was 18 years ago. And it, and it wasn't cool. And I never went back. I was just so humiliated. And everyone just sat there. I just thought, wow, thanks for that yoga bitch. But so yeah, I never went back. But it's interesting now, I think with lockdown, um, I feel like I've really, because I haven't been working, uh, I kind of feel now more than ever that it actually it's all right to sit with yourself and to give yourself a chance to think. And I think one of the most important things to come out of this time for me is that I have a terrible sense of self-worth. That My sense of self-worth has been attached to other people's opinions of me, experiences that have happened to me. And actually, what you need to do is to... You want to connect with people and you want to be understood and you want to be accepted. But as corny as this sounds, and I know this is corny, that has to start with yourself. And also, I think the other thing is... You don't know what's going on in someone's um, life. It's easy to present, you know, an insta-perfect sort of viewpoint. But actually, at the end of the day, just be kind because you don't know what people are going through. And giving yourself a bit of space to kind of work out why you feel like this is okay. It's all right to give yourself permission to feel bad we don't need to be happy all the time. It's not possible to be happy all the time. And that stepping back a tiny bit, and it's not easy, it's often ugly. You know, I've done things I'm ashamed of. You know, I've, I'm not proud of myself sometimes, but the person I am today, compared to that person 18 years ago, who would get knocked down very easily, is is no more. And I hope by saying that, that it helps you guys know that A, you're not alone, and B, that it it can and does get better, you just need to allow it, and to, and to think to yourself, I am worth it, and I did do this hilarious thing, which again, did not work, but um, Davina McCall was saying that she used to stand in front of a mirror and go, I am worth it, I am amazing, and I tried that, felt like a total dick, thought no that that isn't going to be for me either but there is a certain kind of mantra I do you know if things get bad I'll sort of think love 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 or I'll try and combat and distract myself from going back into that pit of despair which sometimes feels close but other times doesn't and that's that's going to ebb and flow and it and it's good to know that it's not always going to be like that that I have got better that you can get better and that at the end of the day we're all in this fucking shit show together so as always sending you guys so much love and can't wait to speak to you next time bye